Welcome to Roundtail Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, look for moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. Hello, Ed. Hey, Leslie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. So we are into Lent now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have done a few episodes over the years on sort of like what is Lent mm-hmm. and this idea of traditions people do and some options you have. And I know many friends are doing many things. I have a lot of uh, colleagues and friends who are taking complete breaks off of social media, mm-hmm. which I respect completely. We applaud um, that. We do applaud that. I'm adjusting something. Sorry. Um, so within that idea, I think also it's easy. I, I kind of see the Lent choices or the Lent disciplines as kind of like New Year's resolution 2.0. <laughs> There's an element of like doing They're back. something. They're back. Yeah. <laughs> They're back better than ever and now with religious motivation. Right. Um, <laughs> And I think it's interesting that they kind of come one after the other. And I, I, I appreciate it because it sometimes gives me a second chance to like right. re recommit myself to the thing I'm trying to do for myself or for my own spiritual development or whatnot. Sure. So <laughs> help us, Ed. <laughs> Let's oh, say, boy. for example, maybe we had some intentions we set for Lent and maybe... Yes seven days later it maybe hasn't <laughs> stuck yet or maybe we're like getting a rolling start <laughs> obviously this is completely hypothetical and not at all set in reality <laughs> however i i think in using the old phrase i, I resemble that remark so uh... <laughs> <laughs> we all do we all do for sure um what what how, help us please. help yeah Help. Help. <laughs> great, great comment. I love, I love uh, resolutions 2.0. I've never thought of Lent like that, so that's going to give me a new angle from which to <laughs> look at this ancient discipline. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I was just in the middle of the day today realizing I'd gone way sideways from some of my basic intentions and, uh, you know, like started off pretty well. And then, wow. Um, you know, the last couple of days sort of veered hard, hard right or hard left, whichever, but sure. off the main path. Yeah. And, the, and the word yeah. that just popped into my head was reset. Mm. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, one of my, uh, I, I picked a few things that I wanted to try to, and I, I, this year I sort of called them ways, you know, as opposed to maybe disciplines or habits, like exploring these different ways of uh, connecting with the holy or connecting with the earth. And actually, one of them was not surprisingly, probably, but I, I had a, a book that I hadn't looked at in a while. And it's mm-hmm. a collection of Lenten meditations by an Old Testament scholar, Walter Brueggemann. We've mentioned him a few times on our mm-hmm. podcast. And um, he's a really, really phenomenal writer and thinker. But he, somebody collected 40 of his very short pieces for Lent. And in one of them, he actually talks about reset. He says that uh, one of the one of the themes that runs through the Bible, especially, I would say, in the Old Testament, is this sense that God reaches out to people, you know, with this desire to form a, a covenant, an agreement, a relationship. 
-hmm. And the people say yes, and then they fall away. And then they have to have a reset. And they <laughs> do the whole thing over again. <laughs> the mm. people fall away again. And so it goes. It's this very, very repetitive theme. It runs all the way through the books of the Old Testament. So I thought of that because there is um, a passage where... You know, God says, uh, the, the advice of the writer, who is a, one of the prophets, says, you know, seek God while God may be found and return to God with all your heart and God will forgive you abundantly. So obviously, in this case, the people have done something wrong. They've mm. really deviated from their path of justice and peace and righteousness, need to come back home. And that's a reset. And the prophet is there to help them understand, A, it's possible, you can do it. Yes, you, you veered off, but you can return and you can start this again. And I have come to believe that Lent is like my own personal reliving of that story. Just uh, start off, veer, come back, veer, you know, and back and forth it goes. But through it all, maybe the thread that's to be really uncovered there is, um, is grace, that you know we're doing we're 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 thinking the right way we've we've got our you know our intentions are set in good directions um but we're you know we kind of get off the path and yet for this prophet there's always the return so i really love that i love that theme there's so much that's interesting there the first thing i think about this idea of grace, the connection I'm making in my mind is I follow this fantastic, um, hu and also very humorous, uh, uh, fitness person on Instagram. His name is Jordan Syatt. And he, he's very realistic about health goals, about fitness goals. Mm. And he says, whenever, you know, it's about longevity, it's about, consistency over time and it's not about mm -hmm. hitting 100% because nobody's going to hit 100%. Right. And he said if you were doing 80% mm. then you are absolutely crushing it and you are you are doing it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Which for a person like me who wants to, if I'm going to dive into something, I'm going to do it to such a neurotic level that I have to like every day take a mark and then the first day that I mess up. I'm like, well, it's all over. It's all over now. <laughs> right. And I've messed up completely. And the comparison <laughs> he uses is say you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You fix the flat tire and you keep going with your day. Giving up at that point is like, getting a flat tire then going around and slashing your other three tires right. or just walking found, away and leaving the car for someone else to collect right? perfect equally <laughs> yes and th but this idea of like you know if it's not perfect if it's not if you haven't done something by what your standards are which might be potentially unrealistic yes then don't give the whole thing up don't slash your other three tires. Don't just walk away from your car in the middle of the road. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I found that to be a helpful illustration, even if I don't follow it very well myself. It's, yeah. a, it's a learning process. Um, but I found that to be helpful, this idea of like, okay, you messed up. Don't yep. destroy the rest of your day. Right. Yeah. Let's wreck by... everything now. You're right. Yeah. 
Um, I just, I think that's such an interesting and helpful oh. illustration of like what kind of like grace with yourself yes. can look like. And I feel like if we have, can have some grace with ourselves, then we can then maybe be better about extending it to others and accepting it in our right. faith. I love that. I love it. And you know, when you've, when you, um, introduce us at the very beginning so beautifully, you know, as we search for the holy in the ordinary, maybe that is the most powerful expression of the holy in the ordinary, the stream of grace that runs all throughout our lives. And so when we've, uh, haven't hit 100% and we're hard on ourselves or we feel like we're just going to trash the whole enterprise that we've started, this is the time to kind of turn back to that grace that says, you know, come back home, come back to the center and start off, start off again. And I think, I guess I have two, two quick thoughts about that. One of them is that, um, the question we might ask is, okay, so why, why did we lose our focus? And the answer might be, uh, because my tire, you know, met a nail or a sharp object <laughs> and I had absolutely no control over it. So period, you know, there's, there's a lot of life is like that, that it was beyond our control and that wasn't anything we could have seen coming and it happens. And then you adjust from there. Maybe some other times we make really conscious decisions to say, you know, in Lent, I really wanted to do this, but nah, I'm doing that because I just feel like it. And yeah. that also provides its own learning opportunity. And I think maybe the missing ingredient here is that we don't stop to say, okay, why did I, why did I lose my focus and how can I, how can I learn from that? I might be able to build on that going into the future. And I guess the other comment that um, I'm thinking of, there was something that you said that triggered this. There's a Norwegian poet, Olaf Hauge, and he says in one of his poems, and I'm paraphrasing this, but he said, you know, he got so frustrated that when he was taking a bow and arrow, using his bow and arrow, that, you know, he couldn't, couldn't hit the center until he said, I realized that wherever my arrow landed, it was the center of something. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that a wonderful... Yeah. sort of idea so yeah maybe you missed but what did you hit um something completely unexpected and yeah. you know i just think of people over you know who from musicians to sculptors or whatever who must get so frustrated creating something and then just want to smash the instrument you know and then realize <laughs> wait 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 a second what was that sound again <laughs> i didn't really want to create that but that's kind of interesting. Let's go back to that. So a yeah. couple of thoughts. Have you had a chance to see on Netflix American Symphony? No, I have not. It's a it's the film, the documentary of John Batiste, the jazz oh. musician. You oh. You should see it. Everyone goodness. should see it. A friend told me about this just recently and said how remarkable it was. I should. I meant to bring it up at our staff lunch today as a piece of film. That it's fantastic. It's a beautiful piece of film. But him, oh. it's about his wife who has, um, um, I believe, leukemia. Yes, um, yes. He was very sick and continues to be sick. So it it it's beautiful and it's so interesting and sort of the through thread. One of the through threads of the film is his creating this symphony and mm. his sort of. Um, 
unorthodox way of writing it, which left a lot of space for improvisation from the musicians, oh, which wow. um, was very interesting and led for a, a, to a lot of interesting conversations at our household about how like classical musicians, <laughs> we're used to the notes on the page. Right. Yeah. And if you give us like <laughs> blank space blank space we're gonna have a panic attack like it's not that is not a comfort zone situation right. but this idea like right. of like what can you create if you're just in this situation i think is also very interesting it's a tenuous connection to what you were saying but it just can't brought to mind this yeah this, like this you know you're you have something going on and like what can you create out of that um right, i don't I'm, right. it's a documentary so it's not really spoiling anything but the debut of his symphony they like had a power failure oh my good heavens and he just start, he just starts playing oh wow like this this person is stunningly stunningly talented it's funny because he he was I, we were talking at home about how like the jazz musicians claim him has theirs and then the classical musicians when he won the Grammys claimed we, we claimed him as ours. We're like, no, no, uh -huh. he's a, he's a classical musician. He went to Juilliard. He's a classical musician. Like, like <laughs> originally nobody wanted him, but now everybody wants him. Like it's sort of funny as like in, in our clubs, you know, it's really, it's interesting yeah. to watch. Um, <clears throat> going back to what you were saying though, I, I'm interested in this idea of like this image of the reset button yeah. Because this idea of starting over, I think, to me, can sometimes feel like, for instance, playing Super Mario. Mm -hmm. And you have to hit, the, like, you lose a life, you die, you have to restart. And you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the level. Yep. Um, and I sometimes feel like that when I... Mm. You know, when I ha when I get a flat tire and I have to get like when I make a mistake or with something I'm trying to do or something, sometimes it feels like, you know, we have to we have to really start back at the beginning. Like, mm. how, how can we I mean, I, I appreciate that every time we do something, we have more knowledge and more experience. But like, mm -hmm. how, what would you say if someone's feeling like that about having to start over? multiple mm. times maybe with mm. something they're trying to do or learn or be better at well you know one of the quick responses i have to that is that i'm i'm not sure and i'm not sure i would say this to a person you know depending on what they were what their issue was right because sure. maybe they're maybe they're trying to escape a cycle of addiction who knows what it is where they are constantly feeling like oh i'm right back where i started you know i'm or even worse who knows but one of the things I would say, Leslie, about that, and I think it's a very important question in terms of our own inner growth, our, the growth of our soul, you know, the innermost part of our being, is that I'm not sure we're very good at gauging our progress. We feel like we're involved in regress, but I think you said it also uh, yourself that there's we know that we're gaining knowledge we know that we're gaining maybe a little bit of impetus but we still feel like it's gone back to zero mm -hmm. many times i think people feel like that and then we'll be told around many different kinds of issues but then we'll be told by a loved one or a teacher oh no this is where you were and look at where you are now but we sure. can't see that very well for some reason and i do think that's why 
you know, spirituality often flourishes in community because others can say that and see that for us. So I, I think you've raised a, a really, really good question. And so part of it is that, you know, I think we, we have to really figure out at the outset how gracious are we going to be to ourselves because mm-hmm. what we perceive as no growth may in fact be some growth. And it builds cumulatively very slowly over time. And uh, so I think that is something that maybe we're not told enough early on or, um, you know, that that it's going to feel flat for a while mm-hmm. before you start feeling like, oh, gosh, you know, I, I okay, now I can see the progress, too. And there's a, a, a novel that I read long, long time ago. It's probably one of the maybe two or three books that I could read and reread over and over and over again. Uh, it's called A Dry White Season by Andre Brink. And it's about a white school teacher in South Africa. These were during the days of apartheid who becomes involved in the drama of a black family that's been just harmed horrendously by apartheid, by the policies and people related to apartheid. And so he gets involved in this situation to become an advocate for someone. And he's explaining to a black taxi cab driver who lives in Soweto. He said, you know, it's nothing. I've done nothing. We're, we're going nowhere. We're not making any progress. And he's in the, and the taxi cab driver says to him, you know, you may feel for a very, very long time that you are going in no positive direction. But he said, when you turn and look behind you one day, there will be no doubt about the distance that you have traveled. And I think it's that moment where we turn around and say, oh, I see. I have traveled a little bit of distance here. Um, But that takes sometimes, sometimes that takes someone to help us look in that way, which is what this man, one man was able to do for this other man. But it's a very good question. I'm not sure that I've answered it, but that would be a couple of pieces that I would put forth. I think that's great. It it makes me think one of my favorite <coughs> yoga teachers is on YouTube. Uh, yoga with Adrian is her channel. Mm. I think your your spouse also enjoys her. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and she has done a number of, she does these January everyday yoga classes where she'll put out a video every day in January and does these series. They're fabulous. And she's many times very intentional in the first class of the year talking about the word acceptance, which Mm. I think she means very much as a synonym of grace. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she uses it as taking a neutral, um, but honest look at yourself Mm -hmm. and kind of taking stock, but saying, okay, here is where I am. And I accept that. It's not a I, I love it necessarily because mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. I think for many of us, we, we want to be better in a lot of different ways. Um, but it's not, it's not like a force, like, oh, I love myself. It's this idea of like, I accept, I accept mm-hmm. where I am and mm-hmm. I'm excited for the future and to move forward. But that you can't, that in, in her, in her teaching, she talks about how like that to her, that idea, this acceptance, this grace is going to be a really critical step in allowing yourself 
to move forward and maybe freeing yourself mm. from some self um, limiting Mm-hmm. thoughts mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. you know some inner voices that are maybe not serving you or being loving towards yourself mm-hmm. um, and i think your idea of grace and her concept of acceptance i think are very much in parallel mm. there's two words there i would just love to phrases that you use that i just want to lift up again uh, because i've come across them in my work um you know studying to be a coach and doing some coaching with others and one of them is the freeing part you know, I think that's what that's what being in community, at least a community of faith, I think is really designed to do, is to free us from the habits or the practices, the attitudes that bind us to uh, a vi- of you know a, an understanding of ourselves that's not whole or holy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing, the other phrase that used is self-limiting. And one of the things that coaches do is to point out, hopefully through questions, when when a person is being coached, um, they will sometimes say, oh, I'll never be able to, you know, learn that thing. Or I have a dream, but there's no way that I'm going to ever get there. And it's that self-limiting language that becomes so powerful for us. And eventually it shapes our reality. And, um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that Adrienne is doing through her yoga practice is saying no matter you know, where you are, the first step really is to accept where you are. And then that becomes your basis. And it doesn't become the end point, but it's it's where you start from. And I, um, if I can draw an image from tennis here for a moment, I was, I was talking with um, one of the persons who teaches tennis in Greenwich once. And I, we were talking about the tennis player Novak Djokovic, who's, you know, kind of kind of an interesting player because he's not nearly the fan favorite that Roger Federer has always <laughs> been, for example, or Rafael sure. Nadal or so many of the great women players, but he's very, very successful. And I asked this pro, I said, what do you think is the one thing that makes him so successful? And he actually said, because he knows how to reset better than anyone else. So that when he is pushed way out of position and it looks like the point is over, he is so patient. And the next shot he hits, he doesn't try to do anything overly ambitious. He just tries to get himself back onto the court so that he can restart the point. And I think that if you can accept yourself, ourselves, you know, in that situation where we've been pushed off center. Uh, then we can say, okay, my next move is just to get back to center. It's not, you know, to try to push myself way forward here. Let's just get back to home base here and then we'll start it up again. And if I thought that was an amazing thing to say, you know, that he resets better than anyone else, because in that way, it's like he's never out of the point. And that must be so frustrating to play a person who is that patient? You just know he's never going to um, damage his own chances of of yeah. winning. And I think that's I think there's a a little bit of an analogy in there in terms of how we can see ourselves when we feel like we're kind of out out of center and how we need to find our way back home. Yeah, that's exactly the word <laughs> I was thinking of when you were beginning to tell that story. This idea of centering. 
that resetting mm. is mm-hmm. is centering is grounding is mm-hmm. finding finding the the home of within yourself i think is um i think that's just so interesting yeah yeah um yeah. there was something i was gonna say about that oh yeah <laughs> excuse, me. <coughs> oh, excuse me so i was um there was a f- uh article that came out i don't know about a year ago that was like you know how these these articles go around about parenting. You know, it's oh. like the f- top five things that <laughs> oh, Harvard yes. parents and <laughs> and Fortune five hundred see. You know, like basically, like how to make help your kid be <laughs> a Fortune perfecto. Per- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but one did stick with me of the mo- a valued trait or a valued skill um, that. Uh, adults kind of I wish they had more of or whatever the, the idea that of resiliency oh, and I your tennis that. player yeah. story made me think of this the sort of idea of a resilient person mm. and I had never until just now thought that maybe resiliency is this idea of being able to come back to center over mm. and over and over again mm-hmm. without judgment or with grace for yourself right. just be like and here we go again, you know, and it's this right. idea, and, you know, we talk, I think we've talked before about, you know, this idea of like a fear of failure. Uh-huh. Um, this reset button has so many connections points. It's so interesting. <laughs> um, but like this idea of you're, you know, failing is part of learning and part of growing, but like you have to, after every failure, you've kind of, you kind of reset and re retry. Um, and I think if you if you go into something expecting it to happen, it's, mm. you know, I was thinking, this is, here's, here's a tenuous connection for you. <laughs> Make it. Make so it. <laughs> we, I was telling you before that we just got a 3D printer. Yes. Um, and I, they can be a little finicky. Um, mm. This one is particularly fancy and has many, like, gadgets and gizmos aplenty that help it to be a little bit easier to operate. But a lot of them will go nuts like there's a, a feature that calls like it's called like spaghetti which is basically like when it just starts like shooting filament everywhere <laughs> a new word for it. oh um, that's an image we could probably all identify with you know? right just like <laughs> going spaghetti folks um but this idea that i think for that knowing that it's a it's finicky i go into every project being like well this is draft one of maybe 10 you know, we're doing mm-hmm. we're doing mock-ups here. We're not going for a final product. Right. We're just we're drafting it out. We're trying things out. We're experimenting. And that kind of mindset. And then if you get something good, you're like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> hot wow, diggity. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is an interesting, I think, mindset when you're when you're working on something. It's you know, it's yeah. uh, I find that helpful. To just be like not to, that my expectations, yep. for this thing at least are more normal than the expectations I usually have for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, this has to be perfect the first time, even though I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> if you can treat yourself as graciously as you treat your 3D printer, you're going to be <laughs> fine, just fine, <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> I have to make that a quote on Instagram. That's going to be right. amazing. <laughs> Oh, glorious. People are going to be like, what is happening to these guys? They've lost their minds. I know. I love it. But I think that's really, it's really interesting. This idea of of like just 
the grace we give ourselves or don't give ourselves, frankly. Um, and that it's this, this reset. There's a lot in that sort of that hitting that reset button. There's a lot in there, isn't there? There's a, a memory that just bubbled up to the surface. I was, I was presiding at a wedding. This was uh, many years ago, and this was a second marriage for the, actually for, for both uh, members of the couple. And the bride's daughter, who was a teenager, desperately wanted to sing. She had a beautiful voice. She wanted to sing a song on the guitar to her uh, mother and to her, her, her stepfather. And um, so, but she was incredibly nervous. And so she started singing and it was, you know, it, it was clear that she wasn't either going to be able to finish because she was very emotional and it just was not working. And her mother said, sweetie, it's fine. Um, if you want to start again, that's fine. And so everybody took a breath. It was so beautiful. I think everybody's shoulders just dropped a couple of inches. Yeah. And her daughter <laughs> proceeded to sing this most beautiful song. Oh. And it was a reset moment where she that. didn't did not worry about what had taken place and nobody could have cared less. And then she sang this song, which was absolutely perfect. And I thought, oh. what a moment of grace for her mother to have said that, you know, and just completely in a composed way, relaxed way. Don't worry about it. Take your time. We're here. And it gave her, going back to your earlier word, gave her the freedom to start it up again. And uh, it's like, you know, grace is almost this thing that says, you know what, no matter where you've gone to, you can always come back here and call this place here and start from here again and move forward. And, and, you know, I think that's, to me, that's really the heart of religion. It's that gracious heart reaching out to us, calling us forward, but accepting the fact that, you know, it's, could be going to be wobbly sometimes, you know? so yeah. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you, Ed. Thank you so much for all of those <laughs> thoughts. I'm going to be thinking about hitting reset, having grace for myself mm. and hopefully extending that even more to others. And we are so thankful to all of you for joining us today. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillradio.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are a few things that you can do that would make a big difference to us. Like the video, subscribe if you aren't, and click the notification bell and select all. Thank you. 